Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Barkley on the take. Giving left. Howard on the cutback. Inside to the five. Howard slams into the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Bears. Jordan Howard, a nine-yard run. Snap is back. Coming on a blitz. They throw into the end zone. Left corner up in the air. Elson Jeffrey makes the catch. Touchdown. Touchdown Bears. Bears Hour live with Lauren Cox and the draft doc, Philatosha. Hello and welcome to Bears Hour Live. You're listening to Lauren Cox and Philatotion coming to you on a what is actually a, a sunny and warm Sunday afternoon, at least for me in the Midwest. I don't know about you, Phil, but we're gonna have a, a great hour full of, of safety talk, and we're gonna we're gonna hint at a couple other things we've got planned big this off season. First and foremost, we just put out our new logo on the Twitter account. It's on the Facebook account. It's on our, our YouTube account. Spoiler alert: there's there's some more coming with that down the road here, but. We're definitely uh, gearing up for a big off season ahead, and we've got some really, really great content planned for all of y'all. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I know Phil is too. But uh, today we're talking about the safeties. It was uh, a pretty disappointing season from the safety position in Chicago. I think it's hard to argue too much against that. I, you know, people were hoping for Adrian Amos to step up and and kind of be, you know, take that next step in his career and and start to emerge as a, as a top young safety in this league, but. Maybe expectations were too high. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Maybe maybe he was a little nicked up, but one thing led to another, and he didn't have the best year. You know, he wasn't awful, but he wasn't he, he, he didn't live up to maybe the expectations that a lot of fans were looking to. And, you know, the solution for Ryan Pace at the position was kind of just loaded up with young bodies and hope that they had starters emerge. And they didn't, they didn't necessarily have clear-cut winners and losers really emerge. Harold Jones-Cortez ended up getting benched a couple times. Deion Bush took eight, nine, ten weeks before he was ready to go. We never saw DeAndre Houston Carson, and Chris Buzinski was exactly what we thought it was, and they really let him off the hook. So it wasn't it wasn't pretty, and it's going to be a pretty high priority this offseason for the Bears. I, I have to imagine they're not going to go with the same strategy of throw bodies at the position. They're going to try and get some concrete answers. They're going to have plenty of opportunities to do so. The free agent class has some big names. The draft certainly has a lot of big names, and there's certainly a lot to like. But, Phil, let's start with Adrian Amos. What, how would you describe his 2016 season? Because wasn't, he wasn't bad, but do you think he got too hyped from last year that maybe we're so used to bad safety play in Chicago that what we saw last year was like, oh, my gosh, he's the savior, when really he was probably closer to average, and then this year – he didn't really do much to rise above that. How would you evaluate Adrian Amos's rookie, or I guess his sophomore season this past year? Well, you're throwing a lot at me, Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always do that. I got to work on that. <laughs> the weather in Connecticut first. Oh is yeah, gorgeous, yeah. like one a spring one. spring day, Lauren. So pretty fired up about that. I know the wife and the kids are as well. So um, as far as Adrian Amos is concerned, and this is a young man coming into what was his rookie year as a fifth-round pick, playing really well, showing signs of what the expectation from that position should be in Chicago as far as the past and how that you know road looked, Lauren, with the Chris Contis, the Major Wrights, Cam Worrell. Uh, we can go on for hours with the names, that, and and they're a great list of names because there's so many players that can't fill that role, whether it be Lovey Smith's defense or now with Vic Fangio. So I'm at the point in watching Bears tape with saying I think Adrian Amos is getting a terribly harsh rap because – the defense as a whole, the secondary especially as a whole, was such a letdown on the corners and the injury campaign. Adrian Amos 
really played pretty well for a player that's being asked to play both the strong and the free safety. Remember also, there was an influx of rotation when it came to the Bears this year too. Harold jones Corte is in there. And then you got Deion Bush being thrown in there. As you mentioned, Chris Brzezinski starting games. And the, the safety position in Vic Fangio's scheme and I'm sorry about the noise because the boys are getting ready for a birthday party, Lauren. So if we hear any thumping beats in, in my house, it's it's not me playing my hip-hop. It's we're, my we're getting a little bit of it, but they understand it. There's young boys getting ready for a birthday party, you know. <laughs> so long story short, I'm, I'm looking at a guy where he's playing a position where communication is heavy especially in the Vic Fangio defense where coverage and switching of it and showing false reads prior to, uh, to pre-snap is important. And I think Adrian Amos took on a lot. You see rookies have that sophomore slump. I don't think it's time to push the panic button whatsoever on Adrian Amos. I think he had a good year, not a great year, but remember Bears fans. Look around the league at the safety positions. I know everybody's hot on the trail of what we're going to get into in free agency, Lauren, but really ultimately this is a young football player, fifth-round pick, who is not afraid to lay the wood and fill in the alley. I believe his best position is at strong safety, and you honestly have to find a player that you're going to build on as a free safety and to really go forward. Now, don't sign off on Deion Bush yet, but ultimately there's there's hiccups in his game, and he was a rookie. So as far as Adrian Amos is concerned, I think when you look at big company media and what are we going to call them, draft Twitter and Twitter GMs from around the world, way too hard on Adrian Amos's play. When I watched the tape, I felt like, Lauren, this kid played better then people are giving him credit for, and and I stand by that. I I definitely think you know it's it's too far to say that he had a bad year by any means. But my concern is you know, and again, do we know Vic Fangio is going to be around beyond next year? That's that's a whole another question. But assuming <laughs> you're going forward with, with you know getting two safeties for Vic Fangio's defense, you you have to accept that both guys are going to be asked to do. Of everything at the safety position. He likes to have these guys that are pretty interchangeable. I mean, Adrian Amos spent a lot more time as a deep safety than, as a, than a box safety this year, and maybe that was just because they they felt more comfortable with him than most of the other players at the position. But still, you, you know, you're not going to necessarily get an, an Arizona Cardinals-type defense where you have, and even a Seattle Seahawks-type defense where you have a, a single, you have your free safety that's your rangy ball guy, and, and you have your hard hitting box safety, and those are their defined roles. I mean, you're going to have if Fangio needs his guys to be able to do both consistently so he can disguise, you know, he can bring one guy down and have him flip, he can keep two and then have one rotate in. I mean, he, he likes to be able to have that flexibility. And it's not that Adrian Amos can't. I mean, certainly we've, we saw him do it this year. I mean, we, see, we saw him do it last year too. He can be, he can do you know, deep responsibility, he can cover, he can, you know, get to his landmarks. And he's not necessarily a, a playmaker on the ball, but he is a playmaker, at least as a, as a run defender and as far as laying the hit. He's not a, you know, an interception guy per se, but he is, I think there's different kinds of plays and you could call him a playmaker for the things he is able to do. He's just not, maybe not a, a turnover maker, but is is he good enough to the point where you don't look to upgrade at least a little bit? I mean, obviously you don't have to go out and sign to marquee you know you don't need to sign Eric Berry and Tony Jefferson you don't have to go out and get the two best free agents or use two draft two top draft picks on safeties to you know completely overhaul the position but how how good how confident are you in Amos to just say okay we have one safety spot locked in and now we just need to get one more or do you feel like maybe maybe you draft another guy maybe you sign a a a low risk free agent that could, you know, maybe somebody that had a down year with their team, but still young that could step in and compete with him. I mean, what, what level of concern do you have with, with Amos as one of the starters? Is he locked in, in your mind, or do you feel like maybe they should at least explore bringing in other options to compete with him? 
When you look at you hit it on the head with Amos when it comes to the ball skills. That's the concern that you have in that area, and that's why when I look at him on tape, I'm more I'm comfortable with him because he's in that he could be that in the in the box defender that could be moved around and showcase his versatility and what he does best, and that's read guard movement, attack upfield, fill through the alley. Um, some of these plays he's made on uh, slot screens or flanker screens are getting overlooked as if they're just easy give and take that these pl plays are going to be made when in the past they have been missed tackles in the alley, Chris Conti, they've had missed tackles and flanker, major right, and, and big plays occurred where this kid's covering over this secondary where the real concern for me, and, and obviously it's not this show, it'll be the future show, corner. And, but I'm all in on Adrian Amos being very comfortable as the strong safety. And now you've got that piece. Now the competition in not only the film, but in the practices of the other position. You have a Dion Bush in there. You have, you know... HJQ, you have to put the onus on these players as well as try to better yourself by going out in free agency, is my opinion, and getting an Eric Berry or a Tony Jefferson with a defined role of saying, we're going to use you as the free safety and you're going to be working with our young player and Adrian Amos. And we've got our first caller on the line. Uh, caller, what do you think the Bears should do with Adrian Amos? How confident are you in him? And, uh, what, of course, what's your name and where you're calling from? My name is Matt, calling from Chicago. Uh, with respect to Amos, I mean, I think he showed enough flashes in 2015 that, uh, you know, a company with, with a, more of a proven player like Jefferson, I mean, I think more realistically Jefferson, I think there's a good chance Barry's mm -hmm. in back in Kansas City. Um, and the idea being that, you know, I think your path for us is going to be improved through the natural um, progression with Floyd and, and other folks. So I think you got to take a shot there. I mean, I think there are so many other holes to fill that if you can go out and get an impact player in free agency and then have an athletic guy with some upside that you want to take at least another look at in 2017. Um, but continue to build the depth there. And I, I'd also be curious to what you guys think with respect to Deion Bush and what his um, – ultimate uh, potential is. I mean, is he, he next season or 2018 potentially a guy who can go out there and play, you know, three downs? That's a great question, Matt, and I appreciate you calling in. The reality of Dion Bush is one with which you saw in the Green Bay Packers game something you wanted to see, if you remember the Barkley game where they came back. Dion Bush had an opportunity in the end zone, coming off that hash to make a play on the football, had a, what would have been and should have been an easy interception, and he dropped the football in the back of the corner. I think it was the left, right corner of the end zone. Rodgers on the take, third down to nine from the 15-yard line, rolling to his right a little bit, stepped back into the pocket, going to fire into the back of the end zone, and it's almost oh. intercepted. Coming over to defend the play and break it up is Deion Bush, the rookie from Miami. Rodgers, though, had to move around and look for somebody. Nearly picked by Bush. That was And you see signs with him. You know, he came in with a lot of question marks with his ability to do anything other than be a physical force at the, at the safety position. He still leaves that kind of concern there in confidence. Granted, fourth-round pick thrust into the starting lineup. But, you know, that's what this game is about. Those you got to find the confidence players at this safety position that aren't afraid to come off the hash and attack the football. And and Dion Bush for me right now is not somebody I say like you said that I'm just okay. We got Dion Bush. No, you got to get better. You got to throw. I believe you're right. A Tony Jefferson in the mix to say we need you to play the free safety position and really build up a, a competition back there that's going to be guys that want to start and want to turn over the football because I think you hit the nail on the head, Matt, that most people are just ignoring. This pass rush, Willie Young was hurt. Houston went out. 
McPhee has been playing on a bum knee. And, and Leonard Floyd, you know, seven sacks. I, I counted three and a half that were just, uh, what do we call them? I don't want to swear right Clean now. Clean up, they're, gimme. <laughs> gimme sacks. They're cheap sacks. They're not sacks that he disrupted the pocket, came in and destroyed the guy. So the pass rush, as you said, really hindered the opportunity for safeties to be caught on an island on top of piss poor corner play, especially from ter- ter- uh, Tracy Porter. And, and Dion Bush, as a rookie, is being left out to dry. And then you got Prasinski being thrown in and the, the rotation of how they use players. I was always critical of, like, if HJQ is the guy, then go with him and let the rookie learn. You never saw, as Lawrence said, uh, Houston Carson out there given an opportunity. So there's a lot of question marks at the position, but there is talent to the competition that's why i think the best route is and i'm jumping into the draft aspect that we haven't gotten into because there's some amazing safety talent in this draft but i just think the best way to roll is to get a jefferson or a if eric berry comes available i think you have to strike with the amount of cap space you have based on that turnover tap type of talent out there. Lauren? And, and I'm, I'm in total agreement about Dion Bush. I mean, it's the, the biggest concern for me was that it took 11 weeks for him to be able to be out there and starting. I mean, he mm-hmm. his first snap came against Minnesota in Week 8, only one in that game, and then after the bye week against Tampa Bay, he got seven snaps in rotation. A lot of came in only in the dime packages, but then it wasn't until the game against the New York Giants when he took over as the starting safety and and that to me was a big concern. I don't know if it was because of that hamstring injury that he suffered, like in the preseason, that, that kept him on the injury report early in the year. So I, there was probably some some physical drawbacks from his from his recovery. But I, I'm I'm curious to know, you know, did he did it just take him a long time before he was able to really understand the defense, or you know, did it was he just not physically ready? Because when he was out there, I mean, even though he only started five games or whatever, he was only targeted six times in five games. And that was by far the best ratio of, of coverage snaps to targets of anyone on the Bears. I mean, that, that's 29.3 coverage snaps per target. So obviously, quarterbacks weren't throwing his way. And, and some of that scheme and some of that's, you know, who the, the quarterbacks they're going up against. But still, still clearly, even in limited time, he wasn't a guy that was getting tested by quarterback because he seemed to be able to keep in the vicinity. He only allowed those three catches for 41 yards on the year in, the, in that one pass deflection. But I would have liked to see him in even more playing time, be able to see what he can do on the ball because really he only had a few opportunities to make a play on the ball. And the one that he did get his hands on, he wasn't able to reel in. But like you said, definitely have not seen enough to be able to commit to this guy. And I think you do upgrade and you just kind of say, hey, our best two safeties are going to start, whether that's Amos and mm-hmm. and Tony Jefferson or whether that's Jefferson and Bush or whether that's Jamal Adams and Bush. I mean, you kind of just get these guys together. You kind of have an idea of who's going to be the starter, but I don't think anyone's ruling out Deion Bush as a potential starter, even over a guy like Adrian Amos, if they you know develop at differentiating rates going into next year. Hey, guys, one other comment I wanted to make, too, is just it's, it, it, without taking a conversation in two different directions, I think to your points about the depth of cornerback and safety talent in this draft, I mean, it just behooves them to try to get as many picks in the first three rounds. I mean, if there's any possibility, you know, if they, if they pull up a trade for Garoppolo of turning that three pick into an additional second round pick or something, my goodness, you could solve a lot of problems by getting extra picks in those first couple of rounds because, I mean, it's just, it's crazy the amount of talent there. Oh, that is that. You make a great point there and what the call are saying for the fans out there and I'm using your your point here Matt is if the Bears are trading a lesser round say their second round pick in a player or a future pick to get a Garoppolo which frees up that third round pick then you're looking to trade down recoup what you traded and ultimately better your roster with young talent at positions of need and the secondary is if not the most maybe second most a quarterback of where the Chicago Bears need talent if we were going to rank them in that manner. Secondary so, uh, is certainly where the investment needs to be made this offseason. And it's, it, you know, you almost you have to double down in free agency and the draft. I think you can't, I, I don't think there's a, a one solution. It's not just like sign Tony Jefferson and then call it a day. And I, I know you weren't saying that, but I'm just saying generally at both positions, I think you have to just 
invest not only in top tier talent, but then also invest in the depth to make sure you're not in the same situation you were this past year? I mean, is anybody sitting here right now looking at this Bears roster saying that quarterback is not the biggest need? So therefore, now you've got to be aggressive in your opportunity in free agency to fill needs to open up the draft. So if Ryan Pace takes a slow carved pace in free agency and, and people are going to see because the promises with the letter from Ted Phillips to the you know season ticket holders as well as the continuous uh we're going to regroup and regather uh we're going to have a presser and we're going to talk about it you know 3 and 13 after 6 and 10 now you're moving into the, you're going to have to be aggressive as all you know, you could possibly be in order to get players to fill positions to open up your box of drafting the best player available in the draft. If that means come opening a free agency in March that you're out there trying to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, I understand it. I completely do because that will open up an opportunity as Matt, I agree with you 100%. This is one of the deepest, if not the deepest, draft when it comes to safety and corner play that I've watched and scouted, I would say, for the last eight years. So you're looking at talent in the safety position alone. I'm looking at four or five guys that could be picked in the first round. And you know how people talk about safeties. They're not top ten picks. They're not, you know, dime a dozen, you can get a starter. And they almost treated like guards where ultimately now with the spread offense, that whole uh, spread read option pass that you see so many times in third down situation where the quarterback's meshing the ball with the running back, then they're throwing the quick slant to the receiver underneath or over the top of the safety. A guy that's aggressive and understands the game of football at that position is important now because just to deal with that kind of play where – some safeties are completely lost on the run and open up the whole process of that play alone. So it's a copycat league. You know exactly the play I'm talking about. The Bears, if you don't, used it against the Minnesota Vikings in order to score a touchdown with Alshon Jeffrey there. So in that Monday night performance with Cutler, that kind of play sets the tone for the whole team moving forward. And and I'm looking at this draft and this free agency being a priority in the secondary. Yeah, and I want to thank Matt again for calling in. It was, it was a great set of questions he gave us. And if anybody else wants to join in the conversation, the phone number, as always, is 608-467-5717. But, Phil, I want to move on to this free agent class. I know we've been hinting at, you know, we mentioned Eric Berry. We mentioned Tony Jefferson. Those are the two of the, really, the marquee names on this list. But there's there's some other talents here. I mean, there's Chris Conti. He's a starting safety, right? Let's, let's, Get uh, out of here. <laughs> let, let's, <laughs> let's throw that name out there first. But, no, there's guys like James Ahedebo from the Buffalo Bills. He's a veteran that could come in and make some plays. Even Michael Griffin from the Panthers. Uh, a couple of young guys like Jonathan Cyprien from the Jacksonville Jaguars who hasn't really lived up to his expectations. DJ Swearinger, also from the Arizona Cardinals. He's a guy that a lot of people like. I know I just took most of the really good names, but is, <laughs> <laughs> is there anybody else that, that kind of stands out to you as a guy you'd like to uh, – Roll the dice on? Well, let me say this before I talk about some of these guys. Scheme is the most important thing that the coaching staff and their personnel department are now talking about. What kind of coverage and what kind of coverage expectation am I looking at from possible free agency? So Vic Fangio, Ed Donatel have been around this league. John Fox has been around this league. Hopefully they have an, they have identified players that fit their scheme and what it is that they want to do moving forward against this spread, against this pass-happy league. You need athleticism when you look at Vic Fangio's defense. If you're driving a car and you have a flat on one of the wheels, then ultimately you're going to have to pull over at some point and ride on the donut. So... <laughs> 
the donut here is the cornerback position because they're alleviating you the opportunity to take certain chances and risks with your safety position that you normally would in a Vic Fangio scheme. You look at his past safeties, you know, Goldson, the uh, Basset, and Donatello, these type of players that come off the hash with physicality and aren't afraid to stick their face in, I think Amos fits that. So when I look at the free agency, you brought up Cyprian. I think he's a perfect fit in this Bears off uh, defense. He's 26 years old. You know, he was playing a different defense, a 4-3 scheme with um, Gus Bradley down there, cover two a lot. Here's a guy that can come play man-to-man, come in, down in the box, look inside the hashes and check the quarterback, have his face on him, then turn and eventually become a man, uh, play man-to-man. These types of players, you know, a Raphael Bush, a 29-year-old kind of safety that's bouncing. I remember him playing for the Packers, has athleticism and length. Those types of players that are under the radar, that Matt Elam, former I think he was a first-round pick out of Florida for Baltimore. I know he's an unrestricted free agent. He fits the criteria. Uh, Rashad Johnson, although he's older from Tennessee, when he was coming out of Georgia, I just thought the world of this football player because I felt like he had the athleticism to really understand where he was and back play the alley and not be afraid to go up in there. So there's options that aren't named that ultimately are more valuable on the free agency market than maybe the common fan or the guy that's repeating. And I, I don't, I'm not taking shots. I'm just telling you the truth. A lot of what Twitter I see out there is guys repeating what somebody else said or what some big company guy has said. When that big company guy, the, the NFL draft scout, has <laughs> connections to agents and is doing favors and all of a sudden this becomes a chorus of sheeple talking about this one player that is so great but ultimately i might love john cyprian where the bears really like barry church and love his physicality and his willingness to tackle and feel like adrian amos was asked to do something he he he's not the best at where he could be better used at this visit. We're not in those meetings. So my plan is completely, you know, I would go all in on Tony Jefferson or if Eric Berry became a free agency, uh, for unrestricted free agent, I would go after him too, because that's a ball hawk and you need that kind of football player. Who's not afraid to go down in the box, read the flanker or slot screen and attack up the field. That play is used continuously, and it's up to safeties to be able to come in and be more than just a free safety running or playing cover two on the hash. I think Cyprian does that. I think uh, Barry and Jefferson do that, and I think Rashad Johnson could do that. I just think there's plenty of talent out there that could come in here. doesn't have to be the top two, like you said, Lauren, and, and really be – signed right off the bat but i think it's important that we say that ryan pace has to be aggressive coming out the box to fill these needs just like matt and i appreciate matt it was great stuff from you calling in just like he was saying in order to open up what is a lot of talent i think the bears can do well based on where their priority of needs are in that draft lauren yeah, there's absolutely no excuse for Ryan Pace to not come out of this offseason with, without two legitimate starting safeties. And maybe one of those is Adrian Amos, but without bolstering your safety position. You know, like last year with the, like for, with tight end, for example, there weren't a lot of solutions for that position. Like you kind of felt like, okay, I'm okay with the Bears at leaving the offseason with Zach Miller and then some bodies behind him because there weren't really a lot of marquee free agents. And, you know, they tried to sign Gresham and the, the Saints kid and, you know, it didn't work out. But this offseason, with the free agent market the way it is, it's so it's so deep. I mean, really, well, it's rare to see so many good free agent safeties in the draft class, which we'll, we'll certainly get to next. There's absolutely no excuses to not come away with 
a, a really strong safety core in, in the way that we saw him do last year with the inside linebackers. You know, there's, there was no excuse to leave last offseason without two solid linebackers and, and a real deep inside linebacker core. And I think we Great should point. expect the same thing from safeties this year. But one name that we didn't mention, and I didn't even notice him on the list until I was just looking again while you were talking, was uh, Dante Whitner is a free agent once again. And mm-hmm. you know, the Bears had an opportunity to sign him last offseason and, and didn't. I mean, every team did for a while. And the Redskins signed him late in the year, and he's, he came in and played pretty well. You know, he's 31. He's not not young by any means, but he's the kind of guy that I could see them bring in as a veteran and compete with Adrian Amos. And, just you know, he'd be cheap and just say, whichever one of you is playing better, he's going to be our starter. And maybe it's Whitner and maybe it's Amos. But he, he and Ciprin are both those kind of cheap guys for for different reasons that could come in. You know, you're not guaranteeing them anything, but you're just going to get a better safety at that position, whether or not it's Amos or one of these other guys. But certainly you have to go out and get, either in the draft or free agency, one of these top-tier guys. I think I think you have to get a Jefferson, uh, Jamal Adams, uh, Eric Berry, uh, a Malik Hooker, somebody that can be a game-changing difference maker at the position because it's just it's just too important, like you've been saying, with a lot of those run-pass options. That comes down to the safety position and we just haven't had that in Chicago. We need that Mike Brown. We say it every offseason. Get that guy that can be Mike Brown. And it, it just doesn't quite seem to happen. But there's no excuse say, for it not to this offseason. I got to say this because my I wrote my notes down to remind myself. And thankfully I did. There's a guy that we haven't even talked about. And I should. There's two things I want to point out. May, okay, can I, can I guess? Is, is it is it Duran Hammond from the Patriots? No. no. Harmon, excuse me. Deron Harmon is a Damn. great name, yeah. and he's an unrestricted free agent, but it isn't him. It's actually Micah Hyde. Oh. I love this kid coming out of Iowa. You know, I, we would joke, those that follow me on Twitter have had gotten to the point where they were like, Phil, you got to stop doing your top guys the Bears must have because Green Bay keeps drafting them all. And it, it became a, a kind of a joke for, for, for a while there with – some of my followers Dayton Jones too Dayton all those guys Jones uh started with you know my boy there the receiver I don't know why I'm losing his name Jordy Nelson Jordy Nelson yeah Phil was a huge Jordy Nelson fan this and is before David Bakhtiari Bakhtiari Brian Bulaga <laughs> even <laughs> HaHa Clinton Dix I mean geez I'm shutting up I'm gonna switch <laughs> my whole thing whoever I hate I'm gonna say I like that's yeah. what I'm gonna do from yeah, now on more there you go. But Mike listening. <laughs> versatility, special teams, but free safety. He, we talk about that play and the spread and stopping those slant sluggos, being aware. This kid was a corner in college that I thought could transfer well to safety. Here he is for Green Bay. Let's talk. Let's let's debate whether or not he might not have been their best defensive player down the stretch last year. Yeah. I saw him as that. This is a chess piece. You're stealing from a divisional foe, causing, you know, they took peppers. They've taken from Chicago, and it, and it's hurt us. Time to move forward and make a priority. What better way? Everyone's talking about Eric Berry and, and Jefferson. Micah Hyde is all of them and young at 26 they talk about ascending football players. I didn't get to make that point with uh, – I was going to make it with Ted Phillips' letter to the season ticket holders. Uh, we're signing championship ascending football players. Micah Hyde, Lauren, is a football player that I think could do it all. And what better way to have a chess piece on the football field like him that would take from your rival and really build up a need – and essentially fill a huge need where he can play free safety, then move down and play that nickel position. You could send him on a blitz, or you could drop him into zones and have him overtake and shift. There's so much you could do with a football player that's confident and is willing to take the football away, football away as well as a huge need the Bears have in punt returner. Micah Hyde is a fearless punt returner, will sometimes come up, with five men around him and catch the football without a fair catch. I like this football player. No, I love this football player, and I would love to see the Bears take away from Green Bay and bring this kid back to the real Midwest in Chicago. Yeah, you know, you could almost work in a rotation with him where you still get 
other players involved, and he kind of is your nickel, but you then you bring in a third safety sometimes on those situations where he can just step down and literally be your nickel corner if you're going against a team like Atlanta that has some top wide receivers that go 3-4 deep. Or, you know, you go up against other teams where you can just leave him at safety the whole time and you, and you trust the corners that you have. He really is pretty versatile. I know in Green Bay, he ended up playing as a primarily a slot corner this year just because they invested in the safety position. You know, between Dix and Morgan Burnett, they were starting to get a little bit of better play there. But he certainly has shown the ability to do it all. And uh, I, I'm totally in agreement there. He would be a, a much cheaper option, I think, too, than some of these other guys we've been talking about. But he's still equally capable of, of doing it all. It, it, it does seem weird to me that there are so many young safeties on the free agent market. I'm surprised teams haven't tried to lock them up more. I mean, there's so many guys here that are 26, 25, 27 years old that teams just didn't seem to want to invest long-term contracts in for one reason or another. I don't think for very many of them it's an indictment of their playing ability. Maybe a guy like Cyprian, you know, the Jaguars didn't feel like he fit there, but I mean, there's a reason DJ Je- or Tony Jefferson and DJ Swearinger and Bakari Rambo and Duran Harmon and TJ McDonald and all these guys are, are free agents. And this, maybe it's all different things, but these teams are seem to be willing to let young talent go. And I think that's a mistake for a lot of these franchises that haven't locked these guys up earlier. And maybe, maybe they, I mean, there's still time for some of these guys to be reassigned. And I think the the free agent class won't be as strong when we actually get to free agency, but there's certainly still going to be some options. And the draft class is certainly going to remain as strong as it's going to be. I know I know, we hinted at a little bit here, but Jamal Adams is certainly in the conversation for the third overall pick, Phil. Do you, do you agree with that assessment? But is, is Malik Hooker in that conversation for you too? I mean, obviously, quarterback is another discussion, and I know you love uh, Solomon Thomas from, from Stanford, but as far as just being in the discussion, are, are both Adams and Hooker there for you? Absolutely. When you, you know, you're stealing my thunder as we transfer over to the draft. And I, I pause it right there because I want to bring one question back to you okay. before we go to the draft. And we'll start with me after you answer this question, Adams and Hooker. I will talk about them. Lauren, there's a guy on the football team. I went into the draft with Phil Emery. I felt like this kid was a, a free safety. Oh, yeah. And he's on the roster. You know, there's questions and marks about his willingness to study film. You know, players have come out and kind of questioned it, as well as the coaching staff questioning his toughness. But ultimately, you own his rights. So somehow, and I'm talking about Kyle Fuller, I know that a move to safety would do this kid justice. And ultimately, the more competition, the better. (laughs) It breeds success. I've always been coached that way. I've always believed in that when I coach. The more I could put at a position to get the most rise out of the players competing for it, the better served my team is because ultimately they're all going to be serving a purpose to to the team itself. The competition amongst each other is to start and stay starting. And I think Kyle Fuller, when you look at his attributes and his traits, Lauren, can is he not maybe the best safety on the roster? And throw in DeAndre Hall too, Lauren, because I know me and you talked off the air earlier this week. DeAndre Hall, long corner. We haven't seen enough of him, but can he be an under-the-radar guy that's transitioning to safety? And are the Bears just saying, you know what? We feel comfortable at safety. Maybe not the public, but here's two guys we can add to the mix at the safety position. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I remember You know, Vic Fangio has been asked about this a couple times. And it was last year, so 2015, not 2016, last year, during the season. His exact quote, I was pulling it up here, uh, May, quote maybe in the future that can be a topic of discussion not now and he's kind of he's hinted at it. He, he's always kind of said maybe maybe later but not not yet and we're coming up on later <laughs> you know? we're at later i mean we've seen we've seen some Kyle Fuller at corner obviously they haven't been happy with not only his off the field but also his on the field you know they they don't like the way he's been fighting through injuries or whatever and and the way he's not battling and maybe his heart's not in it and maybe Maybe his his career isn't for long. I mean, you you never know if if a guy's not if, if football's not 
the main thing in his life and he's not feeling it. You never know how long it's going to last for his career. But, you know, hopefully he figures everything out and he's he's back to playing good football because that's a, certainly an, an, a high investment in that first-round pick for a guy that didn't play at all all season, had that arthroscopic knee surgery in the preseason and wound up on IR. He was supposed to be back in six weeks, ended up missing the whole year. So he's really kind of this this question mark. I almost see him in the same light as Kevin White. Where it's like if if he can come back and be 100 percent, that's a nice bonus. But I'm not going to count on it. I'm not going to I'm not going to go into 2017 with my plans, including Kyle Fuller playing a significant role. And I, I feel the same way with with Kevin White. It's it's just not something I'm ready to plan for. I think you have to plan for the team not having him. But you you know all, all along, I've been right there with you with with Kyle Fuller as a safety. I mean, when you look at the what he does well and on his best plays in coverage or when he's in zone, when he's got his eyes on the quarterback, he's not trying to mirror the, the receiver. That's when he gets off. He gets shaken. He gets He's thinking too much in man coverage. But when he's in zone, he can feel the quarterback's eyes, feel his feet, see where he's going, keep his eyes on the ball and go up and attack it and use those ball skills. And that's obviously exactly what he would be doing at free safety. And he, he has shown some ability to be able to come down and deliver hits against the run and, and fill lanes. And I think it's it's a perfect transition for him especially to, to move him to another position where he would be needed. Obviously, you don't necessarily want to make the cornerback position weaker, but I think he's a, he's a guy that to, you don't want to count at. You, want, you don't want to count on at the cornerback position at this point. Right. And I, I, think, I think that's absolutely the best move for his future. I just don't know if it'll necessarily get done. I'm sorry. He wasn't even in the corner mix this year. Yeah. Uh, the questions about him coming back from injury, uh, you know, from the coaching staff, we don't know what this player I I don't like questioning guys injuries as you know Mm -hmm. because it's up to you it's their the life's expectancy in the NFL career is three years so if you're gonna take be extra cautious look at JJ Watt for example in coming back to preserve your career then I don't have a problem with that you know the Bears aren't ones to be spitballing any kind of truth flames anywhere because they're the farthest thing from giving anybody the truth so i'm not gonna write this guy off i'm okay with this contract and the amount of space we have i believe the physicality that he brought when he was on tape lauren as you said the alley coming in and filling and being a fearless tackler and sometimes really physical when it came to the point of contact i don't know how as a coach whether you're Donatel or Fangio that he isn't playing free safety come OTAs and being involved with that transition and competition I think you're doing it wrong if that's the case but well and before we before we jump back to the draft um Matt who called in he had another question on Twitter he said he had to get he had to get going so he couldn't stay on the line but uh, who are we more optimistic about Amos or Bush for me it's Amos I I feel like Amos like I said, Matt, and, and those listening in, I feel like Amos has gotten a bad rap. He's doing things that he's being asked to do in the flux of a Chinese fire drill. And what, if, <laughs> what do I mean by that? Is that the players around him, he lacks confidence in. So sometimes players' play gets hindered by trying to cover mistakes from other players. I don't think you're questioning this guy's film study. I don't think you're questioning. Did he miss a play? Did he miss a damn play last year, Lauren? Uh, I think one or two. I mean, like legitimately one or two. Let me let me pull it up while you keep talking. <laughs> so when you look at this football player, he's two years. A lot of rookies hit a slump. So when we look forward to next year and the rise of Jordan Howard, just keep that in the back of your mind that, you know, it's tough, this football game, when the players and, and coaches are defining – roles for players and and you lose players to free agency and your starting center's gone and now you gotta you know it affects the whole process of a player and we kind of just loop them in a, a ranking order like Jordan Howard's a guarantee well nothing's a guarantee he's a tremendous talent and on tape he's just stupendous but next year is going to be a litmus test for him at the position, as it always is, hopefully he continues to do what he's doing. But that's the same thing with an Adrian Amos. And I felt like he played better than what you're being told by the, the uh, Brad Biggs and, and <laughs> Adam Johns and all these people in Chicago that I don't – I've always said this, you know, 
whoever's watching the tape, the tape doesn't lie. But sometimes the person that's watching the tape might not necessarily know what they're watching when a player is being asked to do something that they're that are sac- self-sacrificing for the team. And I felt like Adrian Amos, in my assessment of him, played at a B-plus level last year to the secondary and the deficiencies in it. Yeah, and I, I was wrong about Amos. Last year, he only missed seven snaps out of 1,052. But this year, he, he missed the 49ers game week 13, and he was oh, banged up right. against the Eagles in week two, and he was banged up a week 14 against the Lions. So he ended up playing... 92.2% of the snaps instead of 993 from last year. So certainly a, a down year from Adrian Amos. <laughs> but 92.3 FM. Yeah, right? <laughs> but moving on to the draft because we're getting down to our, our last 15 minutes here. Uh, uh, before we before we really dive in, Chris Armstrong asked, and this will be a nice transition, Do you th- how much do you think Malik Hooker drops due to his injury? I mean, it does, does that – I mean, he's probably going to miss the combine and, you know, Maybe get to be able to do some individual workouts, maybe. But does that does that take him out of the at least start to take him out of the conversation for three in your mind? You know, it's a great question because you look at Ryan Pace, Kevin White, Leonard Floyd, two players that are high on potential. Concerns were there with their size and their ability to stay healthy. Well, with Kevin White, there wasn't there, but his. His ability, because he does a, a nine-route runner, as everyone was saying, a big play player. Anyway, the injuries got the best of them. Are you willing to take a risk or a chance on a player that's getting surgery at three that he's going to have to recover? And nothing's a given. Anytime you're going under a knife, it's not a good thing, whether it be tonsils or an ACL or an ankle. It doesn't <laughs> matter. So now you're looking at this situation, and no matter what you say, this whole staff is on the hot seat. Whether Ryan Pace is is debatable. For me, I don't believe he is. I believe he survives a term if this team goes out and wins four games next year. I think you keep Ryan Pace and allow him to hire his coach. That being said, for me, if I'm Ryan Pace, yes, Malik Hooker's concern based on where, you know, a lot of this stuff is going to be answered at the Combine with the doctors and you really have to have faith in your doctors in order to say listen we traded for um jimmy garoppolo here we are at three we really love this kid malik hooker what a freaking player he is we're gonna draft him with that injury concern to me that would be a lot to ask at this point i i know i think we're both in agreement that this first round pick has to be a home run. I mean, yes. it's the third overall pick in the draft. You would have to try to mess this up. There's going to be elite talent at multiple positions just waiting for you to take. And so if you if you reach for, well, quote-unquote reach for a guy like Malik Hooker with, with more risk questions, especially if a guy like Jamal Adams is still there, I mean, you and I both agree, I think, that Jamal Adams is the superior of the two safeties. So to me, Hooker's hardly even in the conversation for the third overall pick just because there's so many other big names in that conversation already that there's not room. I mean, realistically, you go into draft day with three guys, and you know you're getting one of these three guys. So is Hooker one of the top three players in this draft for you? No, then he's not in the conversation at three. I mean, pretty much. But I, I think ideally you hope that one of these first-round guys falls to the second round. The Bears pick 36th overall in that second round, and you got to hope that maybe uh, uh, Obi Melifanu slides out. I know the Bears got a nice mm-hmm. look at him at the Senior Bowl. I have a feeling they're going to be big fans of his size and his range. He can really do a lot of stuff, but uh, he's a, he's one of those physical freaks that some team's going to fall in love with and try and snag him at the bottom of the first round. And maybe if you don't make a trade for a Garoppolo, you consider trading up from 36 back into the bottom of the first round to get one of these guys. I know Buda Baker might go in that same range too. He certainly has a lot to like. I, I should have pulled up a list of, of more draft safeties because off the top of my head, I'm not I can, I'm not thinking I, of any others. But I can't. I gotta say this. I want to be on the record here. Yeah, your sleeper, is, right? This is my surprise. Okay, when I watch tape, I go front to back. So defensive linemen, linebackers, corners. That's how I wipe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not gonna wipe with this guy because I feel like he's gotten such a disservice done to him because so many people have an opinion and. Again, the sheeple, or, or, as Lauren puts it best, you're following. 
Jabril Peppers, Lauren. Mm. Jabril Peppers is a free safety <sighs> user of talent. He could play corner. Mm. He could play outside linebacker in a nickel package and just blitz from that position. This guy doesn't make you a weakness in your secondary. That's when I look at this kid and the value that he brings, and I know he played hurt down the stretch, think about him just as a return man. By the time I'm banking this, you have my word. By the time this off-season of underwear Olympics and all this stuff is done, I'm watching tape. And, and go watch the Colorado game if you really want to see Jabril Peppers where Michigan is down and this guy single-handedly comes on the football and is making plays at nickel, safety, free safety, corner, comes down playing defensive end on two plays, rushing the passer in a two-point stance, three-point stance. Jabril Peppers is a versatility. When we talked about Micah Hyde, Lauren, this is Micah Hyde on steroids because he's so big at six foot one or six foot. Probably He's probably six foot, but he's probably about 210 pounds where Micah Hyde's 185, maybe 190 soaking wet. Look at this football player from the perspective I'm giving you as a chess piece. I'm asking him to do things and, and people are going to be hard on him. But really, ultimately... Kick returner, punt returner, demon, game changer in physicality. He's not afraid to stick his face in it. I, I love this football player. I love Jamal Adams, number one. But I have Peppers, number two, right there behind him. I think he's over hooker for me because I feel like there's so much pe- Peppers can do for a team, especially like the Chicago Bears. And I know... Are they going to draft him at three? I don't know. If it was me and I got my quarterback, he's in the conversation because of what he could do to your second. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. I think he's got a lot to prove to people because I feel like he feels the Heisman situation was thrown in his face, and now all of a sudden draft Twitter doesn't like this football player, Lauren. Now, we we have eight and a, eight minutes left in the show, so... <laughs> we don't have time for me to tell you why Jabril Peppers is not a first-round pick. But I don't see uh, – we'll, we'll, we'll start and we're going to have a lot of time here. But I I see, can, I see coverage return. busts. We I see to this. I see a guy that can't – he can't stack blockers and shed. He just flies in there 100 miles an hour and hits the blocker. But he, he doesn't he, – he's kind of like a chicken with his head cut off. He just is like – out of control, comes flying down the lane, and and it's explosive, but it's not, it's not scheme football. It's not, it's not well, doing his it, job. It's just blowing. Up. It's just running in there and blowing up. And I, 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 I just don't see. I see a guy that's so much projection and so much. I, I, I don't think he's big enough to play linebacker. I don't think he's good enough in coverage to play safety. I in the NFL that is, and I don't know. I, I mean, I disagree. With maybe you. a Dion I, Buchanan I role, but that's. No, I think he could be the free safety with a defined role and then use him as you could drop him down, just like we talked about Micah Hyde. This kid's going to test well. His whole story is going to change come draft day. I already see projections and mocks where he's going up into the top 10 now. I I, I, just, I just I know this, that there's blown breaks, but when you're asking a player – to move around so much. And I'm told this football player is in the film room. He is in the film room without like a professional level of tape study that he wants to be great. Sign me up on those guys because that's the difference between what you're hearing about Fuller and a, a guy that's going to get drafted in the first round and you're saying, listen, we want you at free safety. Put him there. Let him do. I just, we'll see how it plays, Lauren. But I really believe he could play that. He could be, even go down and play nickel, and and be okay because he's so athletic. I don't see. I know he was banged up down the stretch, but really, ultimately, I see this football player can play the free safety position and play it well. 
And he's got ball skills and he's got range, but I just question whether or not if if you're asked I mean if you can if you can simplify his his reads and his responsibilities on defense, I totally agree. But I feel like in the NFL I worry about him, you know, going from his one to his two to his three and understanding where he needs to be and where the ball is going to go and how the routes are playing out in front of him. And and you can teach him that. And and I do agree that I think he ends up as a first-round pick. I think some team is going to fall in love with him and, and take him and try and mold him in that sort of that Dion Buchanan, you know, we'll find a role. We know he's good at a lot of things, so we'll find a role for him in our defense. I think he ends up that way. But I I wouldn't have him in the conversation at three, and I would consider him at 36 but I just don't know, especially in Fangio's defense right now, where I, I don't feel comfortable with he and Adrian Amos as my two safeties. I just, I, I just don't feel it. I, I, maybe, maybe, maybe I have to look a little more at, at Jabril Peppers. But those coverage busts just scary. That if a guy in college isn't quite getting it when he when he's being put on that spot on that deep free safety, I, I don't know. I, I got I got tape of Jamal Adams, and I love him. He's my number one guy. At that position, I have him busting. It happens, yeah. especially in that mesh read. You're being the safety, trying to come up in that alley, and the and the and the guy's running a sluggo, which is a slant and go, folks. And then you're seeing the mesh. It looks like he's going to come at you to block you off the hash, as he's running the post to block you as a safety. So you're going to take it on, and then he runs by you. You know that happens. So I don't know. I just see this guy being downgraded. I know by the end, this is a redshirt sophomore, Lauren. It's a young guy, young football player. He was talked about as a Heisman. I don't believe that was just hype. I don't think Jim Harbaugh's liked enough to (laughs) by the media and people, you know, some media love him, but not everyone's, uh, what's his name? Rich, Eisen. Eisen from NFL Network, yeah, Rich Eisen. So, Lauren, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of talent. Hooker, by no such, he's one. He's two B. He's not not to be. He's two B. <laughs> and I, I love Hooker. I don't think you could go wrong. You brought up Melifonwu, Connecticut. He's in my backyard. Six foot four has range and speed. It's ultimately where. You pay the dividends. Defensive linemen, offensive linemen, and quarterbacks, I believe, are taking precedence. So how Ryan Pace functionally hits free agency is going to define how the Bears attack that number three position. Because let's be honest, if they don't get a quarterback at three if in free agency or a trade, then what are they doing? Because I feel like at three, they're going to take a quarterback at that point. But... Totally and ultimately, agree. this is this is for not. But when I'm talking about players at three, is Peppers there for them at three? I don't know. Jamal Adams, though, I could see the, him in the oh, conversation. I see what you mean. Okay. Uh, to, to put the final word on Julius uh, on Julius Peppers, Jabril Peppers here. Um, we, like when you see, I was it was it Todd McShay? Somebody was saying how, you know. Jabril Peppers only had one interception, and that's my concern with him. That's lazy analysis. I totally, I'm totally agree with you that there is a lot of lazy analysis of what Jabril Peppers' strengths and weaknesses are. But I do think, and we're going to continue this conversation on another show. I'm, I'm sure once we get closer to the draft, I do think there are a lot of legitimate things to be concerned about with his game, and project. There's a lot of projection with him, and especially after the Bears' most recent first round picks that have involved a lot of projection. I, I I shy away from that. Maybe maybe I, I've gotten a little bit of anti-projection bias. I, I like the more <laughs> secure. You know, like I like I disagree with you that I I put Jonathan Allen a hair, literally one like four. You know, one and and one a above Solomon Thomas because I just know I know what I got with Jonathan Allen, and that's we're gonna get to that debate too at some I point. Can't but, wait. But maybe I, maybe I have a transition, Lauren. That could transition. <laughs> Why don't we put that under the tape together? A Peppers, a Solomon Thomas, Jonathan Allen. We can and, do Peppers and Adams and Hooker, and that I'll give you that, Lawrence, so you could run with 
what we're gonna do next. Yeah, thank you. I would have. I was about ready to end the show and not even <laughs> say it, but we're getting down to our last minute and a half here on the clock. So uh, this week, be on the lookout after the show. We're gonna drop a trailer for some video content that we're gonna start doing. So Phil and I, we're getting into the film room and. We're starting out with Jimmy Garoppolo. We're going. We went through. We already did. We already went through Jimmy Garoppolo's tape. We identified five plays of him that we think really showcases his talents. You know, the good and the bad as sort of a video scouting report. So that's going to be coming out Wednesday. But we've got a little trailer for it that we're going to drop after the show. So be on the lookout for that. And it's going to kind of kick off an off season of video content that we're going to do in addition to this show every Sunday. After after Jimmy Garoppolo, I think we're going to get into a little bit of Alshon Jeffrey, and when we get closer to the draft, we're going to talk about a lot of these prospects. And same thing with free agency when they start signing some players, we're going to take you to the tape, put it up on YouTube, share it, and and really help you understand the film of what these players that the Bears are getting and who they could be getting in the draft. So definitely looking forward to a lot of that content, and I hope you guys enjoy it. We're certainly 100 yeah, yeah. open to feedback on that, but. We're really winding down here, so check out our YouTube channel. We're going to be tweeting out the link after the show. Subscribe so you can get all our videos, and certainly subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. We're on Podbean. We're on Player FM. We're on Google Play. We're pretty much everywhere that you can listen to podcasts on your device. So, you know, let us know if there's any feedback you have on the show too, and certainly uh, tell someone about it if you like the show. I think uh, Bears fans need this kind of off-season content. You know, it's not Sunday without Bears football, and, and we thank you for making us your Sunday destination. So for Philatoshan, I'm Lauren Cox, and this has been another edition of Bears Hour Live. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.